Thank you for tuning in to Worthy Minds. Like, subscribe and share the Worthy Minds podcast with your family and friends. Hi Lisa. Hello. How are you? you? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, thank you. Tell us just a little bit about who you are, what you do. Okay, so um, obviously I'm Lisa from Cambridge and I'm a mum to three boys. My eldest is 13, um, Connor is five and James is nearly four. So it's quite an age difference there. Um, I started working um, from home full time in January. Um, I was previously working full time for the local authority. and doing a degree and just found that everything was kind of a bit too much to juggle and just didn't feel like I, you know, I was around enough for the children, especially with starting sort of primary school and, and preschool. Yeah. So I started working from home full time um, and I'm in network marketing. I'm in health and wellbeing. And I also have my own um, frame business, which is um, designing and creating personalized frames. So I've that's seen kind of them as well. They are beautiful. Oh, thank you. It kind of started off by chance, really. Um, my sister got married last year, and sort of initially, the idea behind it was that it was framing memories because you know, you have like your wedding day or a special birthday or a christening or you know, some kind of special event. And I know for me anyway, you tend to shove everything in a box and it gets put away in a drawer and you never look at it again. And I love looking at sort of memories and things. Um, So basically, after her wedding reception, I went round and pinched loads of little bits of like decorations and and favours and all bits and pieces and then put her a frame together. Um, And it came out really nice. It was really, really good. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was really good to do. Um, And I think I just sort of posted it on Facebook, you know, and just said, oh, look, I've done this. And so many people were like, oh, my goodness, you should make them. And I thought, well, did I about that? (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, it kind of just came from there. Um, And, like, when my little boy first started primary school, um, I made a frame for myself that was a picture of him and little pencils around it and it just says my first day at school you know just simple things but things that you can kind of look at every day so yeah and it's really taken off it's, it's doing well so it's, it's been really good that, that is absolutely amazing oh thank you it's a great way to, I mean not many people would think like that so it is like showing how creative you actually are to just instantly think yeah I mean my I think my whole family are quite creative in different ways my sister is very arty um both her and my mum are really good at like baking my sister had her own cake making business and she was fantastic baking is a no-no for me I I can't even (laughs) cook pancakes without ruining them um but yeah I think I sort of when I started to have a play around with designs I kind of realize I've got a bit of an eye for color and and, and what works with what um and it's really nice as well you know when people started to contact me and ask me to create I mean I've made wedding gifts anniversary gifts um 
memory things you know that kind of thing and it's really nice to know that I've kind of been involved in a special moment in someone's life um so yeah it's it's been really good I really enjoy it that's amazing that's really lovely and I seen the other day as well um your boys were doing vision boards and stuff the other day and that's like that's quite creative and on its own because you have to get open your mind up to do that kind of things yeah I mean the idea behind that um was it it was suggested to me by my um my coach and because obviously I've got a vision board for myself and I'm very keen on because I'm I'm on my mama I'm on I can't speak now I can't get my words out don't worry on my own um with the boys um and I think particularly because they're so young you know they often they know that I'm working they often obviously see me on my phone and I think sometimes it's well not sometimes I think it's important to get children involved in what you're doing in your business if you can yeah because then you're kind of including them and I think they perhaps have a bit of a better understanding of of what it is you're trying to do so yeah we got up at the weekend and I was like right you know this is what we're going to do I want one day I want to be able to take you on a around the world cruise and let's have a look let's let's see where you'd like to go and straight away Connor said to me I want to go to London and I thought oh bless him we don't need to go on a cruise to London but you know he he loves London bless him um and yeah we just we kind of googled countries around the world um he knew that he well he said he wanted to go to Australia because we've he's got cousins in Australia um, so he said he wanted to go there. So then we kind of looked at all the places he could go to in Australia. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so it was really good fun. It took quite a while to do. Um, but it's a but big it very, activity, isn't it? So you just can work on that, like, over time yeah. as well. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Was, yeah. And then he, like, like because I printed everything out on the printer and then he cut all the pictures out for, for him and James. And then I literally gave them some coloured paper each and, and said, you know, there's the glue. You can stick them on how you like. And then they wanted to use my Scrabble letters to put the, like, the so for, like, for Lapland, they put a capital L. Oh, wow. Um, the only problem I have now is Connor wants to know how many sleeps it is until Bora Bora. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that's really good, like, getting them involved, because I think sometimes when it comes to kids like my little boy is only two and a half so for me to do anything around him I always have to do it through naps yeah so during the day like if like I'm constantly looking to like grow my knowledge so what I've started to doing we know now that he loves pens and pencils and he loves paper so I've started doing like you know he doesn't my son has a lot of issues mm-hmm. around him so what we've tend to do he doesn't fully understand everything we say so therefore I will give him a pencil and a paper and I will draw it on my paper like and show him and then I get him to do it he will then sit there for sometimes five minutes if I'm lucky <laughs> and but it means that I get to listen to five minutes of a podcast then we'll do yeah. a quick five minutes and then I get another five and that's how yeah. We sort of help him to because we're trying to teach him, which is not going very well, but attention span, you know, like yeah. focusing on one project, it doesn't work with him. But 
it's something that it'll take a long time to help them. But it's really good to get the kids involved in that sort of way. And exactly, you know, I think all kids should be brought into it in that way. I know yeah. Rebecca Adams um, said on a live, I think it was, a few weeks back, that she used to get her children involved. Yeah. Like, when she first started, and they used to pack for her. Yeah. Um, and little things like that. So I think it's amazing. And yeah. the kids get to see that it can be fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely. They and get I think to see it's they fun. just feel um I mean, obviously I've I've learned to kind of manage my time a lot better now so that predominantly, you know, like after school it's time for the children. So I don't tend to be sitting on my phone messaging mm. people and whatever. But you know, there are times when I think, all right, you know, they're they're sitting quietly watching TV, I've got time to quickly sort of put a post out or you know, something yeah. like that. Um, and I think, you know, they, they kind of just see it as mummy's on her phone again. They don't, they don't understand, um, and, and rightly so at that age that what you're trying to do is to do for them. Um, so yeah, I think definitely getting them involved, it just, it just makes them feel included. Them vision boards show them that, you know, okay, mummy might be away for five or 10 minutes just doing something. But that's what mummy's creating is that goal for you know for mummy to yeah. be able to take you there. I think it's amazing. I think it's brilliant. And I think like it's good cre- <laughs> creatively for their mind. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I believe you know kids should be taught from a young age about creativity, about creating their own lives and stuff like this. Um, school education is very straight down the line. Yeah, I want to say, and that's not a bad thing, but that's not yeah. what the world is anymore. No. And I think, no. you know, if us as parents can do that with them and help them expand their mind, I think it's amazing. But I've seen them lying on the floor and I thought, oh, my God, that's amazing. So well, cute. It was, yeah, it was really good because obviously they were like um, – you know, you, you see there was, because it, it came up with all these different beaches in Australia and they were like, that one's got turtles on it. You know, so we started talking about countries as well. And I think I, I've always sort of thought, you know, yeah, school, the school system's there um, and obviously they, they learn. But to be able to, what my aim is, is maybe sort of four or five years time, maybe slightly longer, it depends, is to be able to basically take them on a cruise or some kind of round the world trip during the summer holidays. Because I think to experience different cultures and all these countries, um, meeting different types of people, yeah. what fantastic education is that? I just think you can. Traveling you know, on its own is a massive education. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wish that I'd done that when I was younger. Um, and I just think what an incredible experience for them yeah. and how much they would learn and learn about themselves. So, yeah, it was really good fun. I really, I really highly recommend that, you know, people do that with their children. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Yeah, bless them. But, like, <laughs> I want to go sort of back because it's all right to talk about how well you're doing now, but you haven't always been that person. No. <laughs> um, which we t- we've talked a little bit about your past and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to just touch a little bit on that? And let, yeah, so we can fine. sort of give it. Yeah. 
So um, I'll do a kind of a quick overview yeah. as such, because um, otherwise it will probably go on for a while. But yeah. I mean, when I, I was born with asthma um, and had real severe asthma as a child, so I spent a lot of my childhood in hospital. Um, so I was kind of always away from my friends. I could never take part in stuff because um, I literally would, I could just sit and, and an, an asthma attack would come on for no reason. You know, it wasn't oh, wow. anything necessarily that would trigger it um my lungs collapsed so yeah I spent a long long time in hospital and when I was six um was when my little sister came along and at the time um so going back slightly my dad my mum and my dad separated when I was about a year old and I saw him up to about the age of six mm-hmm. and Basically, I said to my mum that I didn't want to see him anymore because I didn't feel that he loved me. Um, I kind of felt, you know, even at a young age, whenever I'd go and visit him, he would just go off and go out and leave me with his girlfriend. So to me, it was like, you're not that interested. And there were quite a few times when I'd, I'd had an asthma attack and he didn't even take me to hospital. He would just go, Oh, I'll take you back to your mum. She can deal with you. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) So I kind of made that decision at a very young age. Um, and so yeah, when I was six, my sister came along. Um, my mum was in a very abusive relationship with her father. Um, her father was an alcoholic and it was a very violent environment. Mm. Um, I can remember, you know, me and my mum sitting in our bedroom and I'd sort of gone out into the hallway, I think, to to try and sort of sneak to get something for her and saw him put a knife in her shoe. So oh, wow. it was pretty horrific. Um, my sister was born and um, my mum left him. We moved... Well Literally. done, because that's hard to do. Yeah, it, it's yeah, very, very hard to get away from them Abs- type of relationship. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, it gets worse. Um, but yeah, I, I, when people, when I hear people say, "Why don't you just leave?" It's like it's not as simple as that. But no, I mean, it's we, not. Yeah, it's um, that 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 kind of when people have that mind frame, it really bugs me because, um. And not that I've been in anything that kind of severe, but I have worked with people mm. and I've worked with young girls um, that have either been in that environment, even for a very short time. Yeah. And they've been taken from the mums because their mum is still in that relationship. Yeah. And it's like speaking to their mums when they come to visit, it's like, and they'll break down and you're like, you know, we can help you. We're helping you. Do- and they're like, I can't. It can't be done. Like, yeah. seriously, I have tried everything. He finds yeah. me or... So it is a very... It's a very hard place to be at. I mean, it can be done, but um, I think it was Danny Mailey said on a post one time that a case of people are not... Not a lot of people leave. They are rescued. Yeah. And... To be rescued, I know people who have actually actually had to be hidden. Yeah. So yeah. it's not it's not easy, and it, as I say, it does grind on me when people say, "Just leave." Yeah. 
I think they say, don't they, that actually that's your most dangerous time as well. The leaving is... Yeah, is the the actual leaving. The leaving Um, is the worst part because that's where, if they find you, it gets worse. Yeah. Because you've left. So, again, as as I say, I take my hat off to your mum for even getting out. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, she then walked straight into another violent relationship. Again, that's mind frame, uh, mindset, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I think that's another subject that you could talk about for hours because we did talk about that one last week. Um, mindset, yeah. but at that point of your mum, she's still in, and I hate to call it, but it's like a victim. Sort of yeah, mindset. yeah, totally. Yeah, and unfortunately, they're very hard to get out of as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a I lot think of she work. felt very like she wasn't worth anything else. Exactly. Um, you know, she deserved to be loved and and that kind of thing. So, yeah, she. So we literally moved almost across the road, and because um, we were living in London at the time, and um, I mean, initially when she got together with he was very charming um yeah very much you know made her feel like she was the best thing ever and then obviously gradually you know Mm. things changed um and that was a a really quite horrific time i thought the previous person was bad enough um but it got worse um there's things that I witnessed that I can't talk about um, just because I just, in myself, I just kind of have Cut yourself off from, I think. Processed it, yeah. For you as a person, you have to sort of put a barrier up and say enough yeah. enough. And I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And I, it just, yeah, it's just, it's just too much. Um, and so, yeah, it was a pretty miserable childhood. Um Fortunately, my nan and granddad, I, I was never particularly close to my nan, but I was very, very close to my granddad. And I was very close to my was, granddad as well. Yeah, he was, my he was like, he was my everything. Yeah. And I, I always felt that my sister was, she was treated like the little golden girl. She was the baby. She could do yeah. no wrong. And I was the stupid, ugly, fat one and all that, you know, and just never had yeah. any self-confidence, no self-esteem. And my granddad was the, was the only person that made me feel like I was worth something. Yeah. So I was very, very close to him. We used to go and spend a lot of time like in the holidays with, with them, um, which obviously took us out of the situation. And I did later find out that my nan and granddad tried to adopt me and my sister to take oh. us out of the environment we were living in. Um, and obviously for my mum, you know, I mean, she's a completely different person now. We're very close. Obviously at the time, you know, she knew she didn't want that to happen because she, we knew she loved us. There was never yeah. any doubt about, about that. But, you know, it, it, it just wasn't the environment that children should be growing up in. Um, eventually she did flee the relationship. Um, it, it, well, it turned out that he was seeing somebody else. And that's kind of what got her out of it. We did then find out that he was doing exactly the same to this new lady. Um, but it was a very, wow. I suppose, pivotal time for my mum because she, I think it made her really realise if I don't do something and I don't change my life, yeah. 
what are my children going to grow up to be what what sort of future do my children have and she literally I went to school one day and um came home and she was like I'm afraid you know you're not going to see your friends anymore we're going and she literally packed up our car and we were out of there um and that's what brought us to Cambridge so it was kind of quite scary because obviously it was I was leaving all my friends I was just gonna say how how would you know how did that make you feel at the time obviously now you look back and you're like more than grateful for it but at I the think time. even at the time, I felt as much as it was like, wow, you know, oh, like, I don't know anybody. Yeah. At the time, it was like, thank you, God, that this has happened, because I don't know what would have happened, you know, if, if we'd stayed. Yeah. No, that's... Um, we had to live in emergency housing, um, but we got we got a house quite quickly. Um and I started school, you know, started to make friends. Um, my mum did have a nervous breakdown. And she, yeah, she she suffered with, um, she was bulimic for, for quite some time. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was, it was horrific because she just, like, she couldn't even go food shopping. You know, me and my sister would have to go and do it because yeah. she just couldn't. To her, she couldn't think of anything worse than having to think up of meal, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then my sister became anorexic um, as a teenager. And that was really difficult to deal with because she, I mean, she was nearly admitted to hospital. She, you it's know, she was trauma, so ill. It? It's a trauma of everything yeah. going on. And we were just like, just eat why can't you just eat but obviously now you know I'm a bit yeah have a bit more knowledge about it and See, you that, know that's another thing when it comes to eating disorders people go oh just eat a pie or eat yeah. a and it's again unfortunately a lot of um eating disorders become alongside sort of mental health and stuff so it's not yeah. always straightforward no. it's, oh just no, eat it's not yeah and I think for me it kind of I was so used to eating disorders being a way of dealing with things that I ended up um, having an eating disorder and whenever I got stressed or like when my relationships broke down I would just starve myself because it was like I think it was kind of almost like I was punishing myself for some reason yeah your mum and sister Um, have all unfortunately gone through it that it's like second nature for you to then be stopped doing yeah that. yeah yeah it's a shame but I mean again just getting out of them kind of relationships is massive and you don't expect anyone to get out without some sort of traumatic exactly. sort of event happening exactly. within themselves yeah absolutely and yeah and and I think I was so unhappy for a long time um you know I had no confidence Um, no self-esteem I didn't feel like I was worth anything and then sadly my granddad died really suddenly um I think I was about 11 and um, I remember I'd been trip yeah I'd been away my granddad died when I was 11 I think out of everything um that was one of the hardest things that I think I've ever ever had to deal with um he like I say I was on a school trip and my mum didn't actually tell me for a week because she said she just didn't know how to break it to me. Oh. I'd be so devastated. 
And I think it took me about 15 years before I could even mention his name because until then I couldn't even, there was no way I'd be able to talk about him because I would just break down. It was like my, my world might as well have been over. Yeah. Um, And slowly I sort of started to come to terms with it. And then I think it was just before my eldest was born I remember one day, sort of just, I kind of felt like I I need to just go out and I need to go for a walk and I need to just be on my own. And I remember just saying, it's time to say goodbye now. It's time to to sort of put it to rest. Um, I don't know what triggered it. I don't know. I don't know what it was. was That would be, it's come to a time in your life where you start feeling a little more content. Yeah. So maybe at that point in your life, you were starting to sort of build your confidence, build everything back up. That it was like, it's a release now. It's time to sort of yeah, quite that possibly. Moment. Yeah, and I and I think I thought, you know, he he wouldn't want to see me like this. And all I've ever wanted to do, it's going to make me cry. Yeah. Um, you know, is I want him to be able to. Oh, I want to be able to feel like I've done everything to make him proud. Um, you know, and it makes me sad because the boys, Dylan's, Dylan's still got his granddad, um, but the two younger boys, my ex-father-in-law passed away while I was pregnant before Connor was born. So for me, you know, they don't have a granddad. They've yeah. never experienced what it's like to have a granddad. And that always makes me feel really sad because to me, your 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 grandfather's sort of grandchild relationship is something quite special. It is. Um, it is. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, that happened. Well the thing is, I always believe um <laughs> I'm not sure whether I believe in like God, but I always believe that there's something else out there other than us. And I believe that spirits in their own way are around us. And yeah, and I do. It's something that I really, truly believe. So I always say to people, you know, just know that somewhere they're watching, they're there they're by yeah. your side. Yeah, totally. Um, I fully believe sometimes, you know, when I've made a decision and you've got that feeling that no stop. But it's not yeah. coming from you. You can. F- yeah. It's just like if I have had it a few times, and I'm like, no, there's my granddad's there. I do think when when I was living at my mum's, I'm pretty sure my granddad came to visit me. Shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely crapped myself. <laughs> really? Yeah. It really it actually really freaked me out. It really scared me, and I always thought that I'd be really like, wow, he's come to see me. And it absolutely terrified me. I don't know why. Um, so, yeah, I like to know he's there, but he can stay there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I think out of all the all the things, that's been, that was the hardest thing to deal with. Um, and then sort of a few years down the line, I think I must have been late teens. Um, I I was sexually abused as a child. Um, around sort of the age of six, seven. Um, I don't think it was for very long. I don't really remember how long it was. Mm. But it was by two family friends. It doesn't matter the and length of time. I mean, 
sexual abuse is sexual abuse at the end of the day. And I think it's yeah. anyone who can put a child through, I mean, anyone who can put any sort of person through any kind of harm is disgusting. But when it becomes a child yeah. who is innocent, who can't fight for themselves, it becomes yeah. even worse. Yeah. Like on yeah. its own. It's just so. I mean, I can't even relate to you in any way, shape, or form. And that obviously couldn't have made you feel as growing up in any way. That couldn't have helped your self-confidence at all. No, not at all, not at all. And I didn't tell anybody either. Um, it wasn't until I it was, I, I think I must have been about 17, 18, 19. I can't, I can't remember how old I was, but it was before I had my eldest. And I remember so much going on in your head and I, I was already on antidepressants. I knew that, you know, I'd sort of got some mental health issues. And I remember my mum was washing up and I was wiping up and all of a sudden I had this urge that if I don't tell her now, I'm never going to tell her. And I just had this kind of overwhelming urge to tell her. And that was the first time I told anybody. And she was like, I think she was a bit like, thought we were only washing up you know because it was so out of the blue and she I mean I I know she found it really hard to deal with because obviously she felt like has should I have done more to protect you should I have noticed and nobody had any idea and I've never ever for for once felt like she should have protected me or anything like that you know there there, it was just one of those things just a quick question then did you when you told her how did that make you feel once telling her? It was a massive release, a massive release, because it was like it was kind of churning up in my head all the time. Clearly something was there that was yeah, nagging at yeah. you to be and able it to... Was, it just, yeah, it was just, it was really bizarre, because like I say, I don't know where it came from, but I was just oh. like, it's now or never. If I don't do this now, I'm never going to tell anybody. And, yeah. I, and I suppose, I don't know why... I, I told her in a way because it's not like, you know, we didn't go to the police. It's not like I wanted her to do anything about it. You but just it, felt you needed to tell her. Yeah. Yeah. And she, um, you know, she was devastated as you would be. Um, and she basically was like, you need to go and get counseling. But at the time I was very resistant to it. I was like, I don't need counseling. I don't need any help. You know, I, I know what I'm doing. Um, and she literally dragged me to see a counsellor. And I just sat there and I was like, I'm not answering your questions. <laughs> Being stubborn. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of, um, I guess my childhood is such in a nutshell. Um, I always found... How is that how- then implemented into... Because obviously that's that goes on like right up until like you're 16 17 18 kind of thing going into adulthood how did that sort of affect you um I was very generally very miserable all the time um I used to question myself a lot um again I had and I think this is why I ended up in 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 sort of toxic relationships because what because of what I'd seen with my mum, I always vowed that I would never get into that situation. And pretty much every relationship I've got into has been psychological abuse. And you think, yeah, I always said I'd never let this happen. See, I, um, do you know what? I've heard a lot of people say that I yeah. will never let this happen, and then without realizing it, yeah, it's, it's actually really kind of quite easy to, to fall into it. And I think because. I never had any self-worth. I never had any confidence. 
I was always brought up to believe that all men basically were going to hurt you, were going to use you, mm. that people don't have happy endings. People don't live happy ever after. It doesn't happen. So I kind of, I suppose in my mind, I was always expecting to be let down and expecting relationships yeah. to be bad because that that's kind of how I was brought up. Um, so yeah, it really, it, it really had a massive impact. You know, I was very What ne- was your turning point then from, because it's had such a big impact on your life and going into adulthood. How did you protect your children? Because I know when I've gotten, like, I know with mental health is a totally different subject, but I was able to somehow um, protect my son from my own mental health. And I think this becomes like a mother's yeah. instinct. Yeah. Um, and I protected my son from my mental health. Now he's, God, nearly 19 years of age. He is the most socially awkward, but... Um, he is also very sort of, he is very like, he's got one big ego. <laughs> he, he, he really, he has like, he's complete opposite to me. He's got a dead big yeah. ego and it's brilliant to see and I love it. Yeah. He is very confident. Whereas yeah. I was the other way and somehow I would, and I look back and I'm like, maybe I just hid it well, which I really did. But yeah. for you, how did that like were you able to protect your kids from that and bring them yeah, up to that Yeah, I suppose of... having children would have been a big turning point. And I've always said, I've, I've said it on lives, I've, I've said it to Rebecca, you know, my one of my biggest goals is that obviously things happen to children, you know, God forbid, or things happen out of our control. Yeah. But for me... I will not allow my children to grow up and need therapy because of their childhood. And I I don't like, obviously the boys have seen me cry, you know, and sometimes that's because it's been happy to, you know. Um, I think, and so I think they, we should they understand show men that it's okay to cry. Yeah, yeah. I and really my do. boys cry, you know, and I'm like, it's okay to cry, it's okay to feel sad, it's okay to cry because you're happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't allow them. I'm very conscious that children pick up so much. Children are they so do. receptive to things that you don't that I think you don't realise, and I think people kind of take for granted. And when um I was in a relationship a while ago that was clearly very toxic from the beginning and immediately it was a, it was different it was a difficult relationship for me to get out of um but immediately I was like I need to protect my children whatever yeah. happens to me happens to me I will deal with but I need to protect them and I will not let them witness anything they just there's just no way it's just Amazing. not happening um so yeah fortunately I have been able to to protect them from that um and as I say yeah it's I just refuse that they grow up and and need therapy because of me you know I want them to grow up and to be confident to be happy yes they're little rat bags at times (laughs) and I have to tell them off you know all kids are 
yeah but for them to to, to grow up and think do you know what I really enjoyed my life mum did everything for us mum was always here for us you know I want them to feel secure and I want them to feel safe and to That's know amazing. that they can come to me my older son is 19 this year and it was about for about a year or two we sort of lost that telling everything yeah but he can't get away with it now because his mates tell me everything isn't it? I swear to God, it's so funny if you come in, all right, and then they'll spill the beans on everything, and I'm like, thank you. So he can't get away with not telling me. Oh, bless him. I think kids do go through that, though, don't they, yeah. teenagers? They have that kind of, that separation. Um, but I remember... God makes them grow as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, but I think, like, my mum always says, you never stop being a mum. And your children, no matter what age they, they no, are, even when so they're grown true. up, they never stop needing their parents. My mum's um, the same now. When I found out I was pregnant with my little boy, the first thing I'd done was I rang my <laughs> mum and I cried. Yeah. And she's like, why are you crying? Because I'm pregnant. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, I'm pregnant. I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> and I guess it's, it's true, you know, we always do need our parents. Yeah, definitely. What would you say to someone who was in any kind of negative, and I'll say negative because I don't really like labelling everything, but in a sort of negative relationship, who was stuck, or someone who's just got out of one, what would you say, like, what would you say to help them move forward? It's a hard question because obviously I've, I've not personally, I mean, the relationship that I was in that, that I did come out of that was was toxic and it was very psychological. I mean, it, it ended in a, um, I took a harassment case out against him. Um, and... I think I always knew with him that I wasn't as much as he kind of scared me and I never knew whether the behavior would escalate. I kind of had a sense that I wasn't in danger. And again, I was like, I'm not prepared to have this person in my life and around my children. And basically it I just got to the point where I was just like do you know what you can carry out all your threats that you like you go for it because I have had enough I think you have to really and it's hard to say because obviously you know there's different levels of of abuse and stuff totally agree you know it's just going by my experience you have to be really strong. You have to be really strong. And I think you have to, you have to protect your children. Ultimately for me, they had to come first. I had to put them first. And, yeah. you know, I, it's like when, when I hear people saying, Oh, you know, he does this and he does that, but it's cause he loves me. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. That isn't love. That's not what a loving relationship. I guess is. it's accepting. I think and it's hard for anyone in that situation to do, but it's accepting that the relationship is not what you think it is. Yeah, and accepting that actually you deserve more, you know. Yeah. And and but I love the fact that you. That. Yeah, but I love the fact that you said like you know fully straight out. Every situation is different, so it's harder to give. And I think there's loads of people out there that offer these kind of advices, but don't fully understand each individual situation no and you know for people I mean there's there's obviously people that that want to escape situations where you know that 
they've probably been beaten to an inch of their life or, you know, they're terrified that, that something awful is going to happen. Or you hear of people that, you know, people threaten to mm. harm their children if they leave, you know, and, and it, it's so on that scale, it's difficult to answer. Um, all I, I guess all I would say is seek help where you can, you know, yeah. help, help is out there and there are agencies, um, there's women's refuge, you know, there's, there's lots of things out there. And I just think people don't have to live like that. People deserve so Better. much more than that, you know, and in terms of people, if, if people have, have come out of those situations and are trying to recover or people that have been through, um, crisis or sexual abuse, you know, what, you know, whatever it might be that are feeling really sort of like life's not worth living. It is, you know, and there is a way to come out of it on the other side. Yeah. You can overcome these things and enjoy the rest of your life and, yeah. and live the rest of your life out feeling happy. Because I, I always thought that what happened to me defined my life. And that was it, you know, that I was never going to be happy. I was never going to learn to smile again. I was never going to feel content and so on. And you absolutely can. And I hate the thought of people just feeling, you know, like there's just no point or feeling like they're alone because there are so many people out there, you know, and and going to Ignite as well was such an incredible turning point for me. Yeah, because that's actually where I met you at night. Yeah, yeah. And that was, oh, my goodness. I, I wouldn't be feeling how I do today literally today if I hadn't have gone to Ignite and Ignite was only back in April I know I know it's crazy and the difference in the way I view things um you know the difference everyone in that room absolutely it's made me go cold thinking about it because it it was just it gives me so much joy when I think about it it's yeah, it's yeah. It's a massive thing, yeah. but I'm going to um, get Rebecca on to talk about an Ignite because I think it was, I can't, do you know what, I can't even put it into words. It was an experience that I will yeah. never, ever forget. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same. It's, it is hard to put it into words. And I just think, do you know what, you know, it's, it's an event for anybody. You don't have to be in network marketing, you know, you don't. you don't have to be working just from home it is for anybody and I think everybody needs to be there everybody needs to experience it because you know and to connect with all these people you know I've I've met you you know and when we're doing this and Mm. we're building a friendship and and as well when you hear other people's stories and how other people have overcome things that gives you hope as well I remember speaking to um Lauren and saying to her even then oh all men are this and all men are that and she was like they're not and I've changed my limiting beliefs now and I it's just yeah I can't I can't even put it into words I really can't but it it was an incredible experience and something that I'm so grateful that I went that's amazing but, right, I'm going to cut it here because we've been going, like, 45 minutes-ish. And wow. I can talk to people, especially when we go on subjects like this. It's, I think they can affect a lot of people. So, yeah, 
what I want to say to anyone is if you're suffering, if you need any sort of guidance, support, find someone to help. Find yeah. someone, you know, just do a quick Google if you ever have chance and just find somewhere local. You can get some guidance, support and stuff because, yeah. you know, I just hate to see people suffer. I really do. Yeah. I can't. The thought of people yeah. suffering just really touches me in the yeah, face that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you for coming on, Lisa. You are. Thank you so much for having me. You are me. an amazing woman. Meeting you, um, Michael Lake, at Ignite really changed my thoughts oh. on network marketing. Not that I'd ever go back to it, but it changed my concept of how it works and yeah. the kind of people that are in it. Because I think network marketing gets such a bad name that it yeah goes off into a different sort of tandem. But no. I think you are incredible. I think oh, you know your you. story is going to help so many people. Um, I think you should keep telling your story. I think you should be helping oh, people with all within this sort of sector of life because you know you've got a lot of background to you. Yeah. That you know you really are going to impact so many people over the years. You are oh, incredible. Thank you. So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Thank you for tuning in to Worthy Minds. Like, subscribe, and share the Worthy Minds podcast with your family and friends.